Hello and welcome back to the Folk Podcast, episode 97. Today, you're stuck with just Caleb and I and my beer because Ian has decided to get another job and now he's complaining about being too tired. So, Caleb, it's just me and you today. Hear him complain about damn being tired. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I take care of the kids all day from like 7 a.m. all the way until I go to bed at like 1 or 2 a.m. after I go to work. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah we can sell you know when ian finally has kids we know what's going to go to the wayside we know he's not going to do the podcast <laughs> yeah. i'm too tired <laughs> no it's funny caleb and i before the show we're talking and we're like when's the last time it was just caleb and i and the last one we did was uh the big fire podcast right after we got back from california and one of the first things we did in that episode is rat on ian for not being there <laughs> so we're going to continue that cycle today I think that was almost like 50 episodes ago. Oh my gosh, yeah. When was the Big Fire podcast? I had like somewhere between like 46 and 50, I'm pretty sure. No, there's no way. Let's see. Um, Big Fire podcast was 69. 69? I thought it was I thought it was older than that. Well, I mean, we did that one on January 17th, and so it's really only been ah. you know, 8 months since then. You know, 4 months. Time is weird. Time is weird, man. Time is weird. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the thing I was going to bring up today as a topic, you know, and I I will say to our audience here that, you know, if uh, this might not be a full hour episode just because we have been doing the two topic thing. So we'll just see how long and Caleb and I uh, can talk about our topics today uh, and then see where it goes from there. But we are we did want to make sure we got an episode to you guys today uh, because next week we will not be having an episode because uh, many of us, including myself and Ian, are heading up to Minnesota to watch High Lungs together. Um, and we'll be staying up there a few extra days uh, just to do some fun rituals and whatnot. So we will not be able to do an episode next week. Caleb, we will miss you there. Sorry, you cannot come. But you're coming to our Ohio thing, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, honestly, that um, did you see our last count of how many people we have for that? I think Logan said something like 40, 40 plus. Yeah, we have like 42 at the moment. And I guarantee you there's more in the email. And I think I think we'll be above 50 by the time we actually do it. Uh, so for anyone that hasn't heard already, uh, one of the things we're doing with the Fellowship Northern Traditions, we're actually having a uh, a free event at the Ohio Renaissance Festival uh, where we're going to perform a ritual there. And so um, right now, as of right now, we have 42 people that have signed up and told us that they're coming. But obviously, we've kind of expected people are going to see us doing it and are going to want to participate. So at the very minimum, we're going to have at least probably 50 people there, if not more, and then whoever else decides to join in. So this is going to be a pretty sizable ritual. And then, of course, we're all going to go into the fair together and, and, and enjoy the fair. Uh, so we're really excited for it. You know, and we really want to start making uh, and doing more uh, activities like this of just group uh, coming together. So we're really excited for it. And, you know, I'm planning a pretty, pretty cool ritual that that's accessible to everyone. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. And, you know, got a lot going on in the community right now. Uh, but the topic I wanted to bring up today, just because it has been brought up several times in the community, and I figured Caleb might be able to add to this as well, is this idea of personal mentorship uh, when it comes to pagan religions. And I think this question has come up a lot because I've been working so much on this shamanism video, uh, which is available right as of right now for people on early access on Patreon, but it will be out here uh, in a couple of weeks. And so I think a lot of people have been wondering the process of learning, you know, uh, like how to be a shaman itself. Now I should specify, of course here, I am not a shaman. Uh, I do not claim to be a shaman. I just use shamanic practice and to enrich my ritual practice. Uh, and so, yeah, I figured, I think a lot of people have just been uh, talking about this and trying to figure out uh, where, you know, paganism fits now within this idea of mentorship. So, Caleb, do you have any initial thoughts on that? Um, 
Well, just like the like the basic thing of like uh, asking about mentorship within the community. Like we've never, to my knowledge, we've never had straight up mentorship of like shamanism or anything like that. But I know, like personally, I've done like I know a lot of people that like they help teach people the runes and stuff like that. And that could be seen as a way of mentorship. And then uh, um, sometimes when they were with people worshiping specific deities, they'll go to somebody who's more experienced with it. And I know back whenever Blade first started tattooing, I'm, I showed him uh, showed him some things that I had learned uh, after I taught myself how to do it. So there's so. this like natural process of it where it's like, you know, I, I don't feel like we've actually pushed the community in a direction of anything like this, but there's just been moments where it's just kind of naturally come together like that. Yeah. And I feel like that, that happens anytime that you have a, uh, like a tight knit community, you know, right. Everybody wants to see everybody excel. Right. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those things where, you know, people are going to be good at certain things and other people aren't. And then they're going to see that naturally of, oh, hey, Blade's good with runes. He wrote a book about, you know, kind of runes. He does rune rituals. And so, you know, he would be a go-to person, you know, and you do, of course, the hand poke tattoos. And I would say, uh, you know, you're the progenitor in the community of this, uh, of the hand poke tattoo. Obviously, you're not the first person to hand poke tattoo people. Uh, you won't be the last, but you were the first one in the community to do it. So I think you're, you're always seen as that, like, uh, the first, you know, the first to do it. And so I think a lot of people look up to you uh, when it comes to hand poking. Does that feel cool that you started that? Uh, it's, I mean, it wasn't anything that I like thought of whenever I started doing it. It was just part of, you know, part of that uh, ancestor veneration for me started out like, and then it's just turned into what it is now. Yeah. And, and I, I think, think maybe, now we've got like what, we've got five or six people to do it across yeah, the community like that. that can think of. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I've lost track at this point because I'm sure there's people that do it that I don't know of that do it. Um, but yeah, it's like, I think that's one of the weird spots we're in with the modern paganism is the fact that we are having to like pick up where, you know, basically from nothing. I mean, at least um, a lot of our this modern movement, this uh, this most recent push of paganism has really had to pick up the pieces. And so you don't have those long lines of people teaching things once again, and we're gonna have to restart that. And I think that's one of the daunting tasks that we have is this idea of having to restart these traditions and make sure that they get to continue on in a pure way. And so, you know, what you're doing here might feel natural, but, you know, the things that you teach people or talk to people about with hand poke tattoo, you know, are going to transcend to the next generation of people that do it and then so on and so forth. And so it may not be an official thing with like the tattooing, but, you know, it is going to have a life of its own into the future, even if you yeah. stopped right now. Yeah. And I feel like as, as we continue to grow and get ourselves more established, I mean, like once we get the hall and everything like that. I know that like having these, having more, I guess official is the right word for it, like uh, mentorships and things like that will become more commonplace. Yeah. And I know um, like out there on the internet right now, and this is probably a disclaimer because I've seen them around, there are a lot of like internet based courses that you have to pay a lot of money for. And then at the end, they supposedly give you like a certificate of being mm -hmm. like, you know, a shaman or whatever. But so many of these are scams. And I think that's, you know, uh, especially things like divination as well. A lot of people use divination just to scam people out of money. Now, obviously, there are people who, you know, practice divination, you know, tarot readings, rune readings that are legitimate and legitimately care. And obviously, you know, want, you know, they do it as a craft. And so they should get paid. Uh, just as I make videos, you know, and those videos are not obviously easy or, you know, quick to make. And so uh, getting paid to do so is not a bad thing. But then there are people that just legitimately want to take advantage of other people, uh, especially when it comes to the spiritual practices out there. Um, and especially even I think shamanism got really bad there for a bit. 
of especially after like the 70s and 80s a lot of people came up and they're like oh i'm a shaman and then they would charge people thousands of dollars for a course but yet they've never really you know they were they're completely you know self-taught were never taught by anybody else uh and you know we're basically you know scamming these people out of money because they weren't legitimate yeah i've seen a few of those things pop up and um like i know i think i've seen i've seen things pop up for like reiki um yeah reiki is another thing, one i see a lot yeah things of that nature i hadn't exactly seen the shamanism one yet. i think the only like the only one i noticed that what are they called like the wolf shaman thing but they're they're legitimate from what i understand right, like yeah. they're all their stuff is like within this i don't know if it's a community or if it's a family i'll be honest uh, it's they, a like, family tradition that has been made into an international community so yeah i talk about it obviously more in the shaman video but like the first person that started it the founder of the organization he comes from a long line of family shamans and learned in siberia the traditions of uh, you know siberian shamanism or specifically his tribes of siberian shamanism and he decided to take it global and then inspired the spirit of wolf and then taught those techniques to those people and then have spread it so um you know which is i think is a very noble effort because that's not something every every group has done and it's not every it's something every group i think needs to do you know a lot of people will keep their traditions within their tribe and i think that's perfectly fine uh you know so it's it's a very complicated conversation which is something i uh bring up pretty heavily in the video as well is shamanism in particular is a very hard thing to talk about uh, because you really have the the two different types you have traditional that comes from societies comes from tribes and family lines and then you have this modern movement of shamanism which comes from you know uh, anthropology and studying world shamanism to create you know this basic understanding of it uh, that a lot of people were like oh great so I buy a drum I'm a shaman done and it's like no 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 it's not that easy yeah Shoot, I mean, back like uh, like back whenever we first started doing more shamanic rituals. I mean, like the best that we had was to, was doing the research that we could, and then just following our gut on it, and you know, just trying to do what our what our instinct kind of told us to do. Yeah. Oh, well, there she comes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's already ten minute mark this time. Well, no, I don't have Ian this now to, to distract me and to talk about other things as the child is entered. And I guess, hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're having a chance to see Heilung, most likely as I am watching Heilung right now as you listen to this episode. Heilung is truly amazing. And I've, I've talked to so many people that have been able to see the show uh, this time around this tour, and everyone is just blown away by how, how great this is. And so, yeah, I think Heilung truly is. I mean, I mentioned this in my reaction video. Heilung truly is one of the best things to happen to modern paganism, you know, and, and even specifically heathenry, uh, just because they, they are breaking down those boundaries of what it is to be, have a ritual practice. You know, it's not formalized and yes, it's researched and it's respected, but it's also raw, it's primal. Um, so I think there are so many elements to Heilung that make it a truly unique and amazing experience to see just, just as a band, but also as, you know, as a spiritual thing. Caleb, have I distracted long enough? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Normally, yeah, as soon as uh, as soon as the child's uh, begin to scream and uh, you know, Ian and I are like, oh, we'll just go on a tangent real quick. And then as soon as you left, I was like, oh shit, I'm by myself. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> quick brain think. I need a mimic Ian and like, oh, no, no, I'm too tired today. Oh, it's okay, Ian. <laughs> oh man. Um. But yeah. So like. Uh, and that's one of the things that I really respect about Spirit of Wolf and what I, I talk to them with, like their way of determining whether someone is ready to take on the full shaman role or they are a shaman is the spirits have to say so. 
And that to me is the most shamanic thing I've ever heard. You know, it's like, oh, you know, the spirits have to say you're ready. And I love that. And so I think that's something that could be transitioned over to, you know, our modern movements as well. But it does require an immense amount of spiritual honesty and trust for someone to be like, no, the spirits told me I'm ready for this. And then I think after that, it, you, you have to prove it in a way because, you know, just saying, well, the spirits told me so. It's like, okay, well, prove it, you know. I think that's also dangerous because, you know, you have people that pop up every day, you know, and they've been a Norse pagan for two days and they're like, oh, I'm a, a you know, I'm a Gothi, I'm a priestess. And it's like, how long have you been practicing? They're like two days. And it's that careful balance between, you know, gatekeeping, you know, you don't want to be a gatekeeper, but also like you need to respect the source material. And it's the same thing with shamanism is like, yes, you want more people to learn about shamanism. You want more people to, you know, bring these techniques to light, but also you can't, practice it for one day and then say you're a shaman it just doesn't work like that yeah i mean i think that uh like as far as our community goes i know that a lot of times whenever people like people will they'll gain these titles or they'll gain like you know that you're this and it's after so many people have been have seen them do these things and then like they give them that title in a way so i know like that happened with zach uh with north central um i think maybe last year last spring maybe yeah trying to remember but it, you know i feel like it's uh you're always going to have people out there that are you know they're always going to want you know they, they're always going to want the cool or whatever they think the badass thing is they want to stand out they want to be the special person you know right and it's you have to you have to you know you have to put in the work for it. you don't just you know wake up one day and it's like oh i'm this now this is not how it works right yeah, you know, and I'm also a believer in a fake it till you make it when it comes to work. Uh, you know, when I when I became a photographer, you know, and someone's like, hey, how many weddings have you done? And, you know, and you haven't done any, you're like, oh, a few, you know, like, oh, yeah, I've done, a, I've done definitely a few of weddings. You know, you have nothing to worry about, sir, as this is my first wedding, <laughs> you know, and like in that instance, you know, it's all about like, you know, uh, bringing in the confidence. But, yeah, when it comes to spiritual practice, you, you know, it's, again, that careful balance, because uh, something, again, I bring up in the shaman video is, you know, a lot of people want to buy the gear, the garb right away because it looks cool, you know, especially with Highland being so popular is people want to look like Kai. They want to look like Maria, you know, and that's to them is, oh, if I look like them, I will become them. Um, and we see that across society in so many different facets, you know, people want to go work out. And so they buy the workout clothes, but they never actually go and work out, you know, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I mean, I could, I could like see the, the benefit of, getting the garb like for it and things like that and then putting it into your own personal practice and then you know starting that that groundwork and you know working your way up you know what i mean it's yeah. uh i guess i'm trying to think of the right word either preparing yourself for it or you know just i don't want to say practicing but not like practicing as like sports practicing you know what i mean Right. Maybe a good, um, idea, you know, a good com uh, combination here is like in military, you know, like buying fatigues and wearing fatigues and things like that. You know, a lot of people mm -hmm. that are into the military, especially when they're younger, you know, they want to buy fatigues and to, you know, act like they're in the military. But mm -hmm. then actually wear a full military uniform with like, a you know, the actual like uh, sergeant patch or whatever and not actually have been in the military, you know, that's stolen valor. Exactly. So maybe it's, it's a careful balance, you know, yes, okay, you want to get in the mindset, you buy combat boots, okay, you know, oh, you bought some fatigue plants, okay, you know, no one's going to say anything about that. But the moment you start slapping on the jacket, and you start slapping on badges, and it's like, oh, hold on, we're going a little far here. 
Um, and I think it's the same way with like shamanism because like one of the things with uh, Spirit of Wolf, like they have like the tendrils that hang down from their their the vestments. Uh, and one of the things we talk about in the interview is the fact that those I think we talk about in the video as well is uh, they represent uh, spirit guides. They represent snakes uh, and spiritual protection. And so to them, and you don't get to wear those until you become a full shaman. So you have to be accepted by the spirits in order to wear them. And so if you were like, oh, I want to be a shaman and you buy the garb and then you, you're like, oh, they look really cool. And then you buy those or get something that looks like them. You know, that could be seen as disrespectful because to them that shows like I have earned my place in the spirit world. And yet here you have someone just buying them, you know, mm. And you can't you can't buy those experiences and that acceptance. Yeah, and it's I mean it's like a it's a tightrope to walk on the uh, the part that we're discussing. It's I don't know. Like I said, I, I can I can see the benefit to it and, and trying to work your way up towards that practice. But there's no like you can't just buy the stuff and then that, that makes you one. Right. You have to put in. You have to put in the work. Well, it's like, you know, when people now tell me that they're like the great, 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 great grandson of Ragnar Lothbrook, you know, it's like <laughs> your first reaction is you want to be like, well, no, you're not. You know, but, you know, I, I'm like, you know what? I'll play their game. I'm going to act like they are. Okay. So what now? Like, what great things have you done besides claim to be the great, 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 great grandson of Ragnar Lothbrook? You know, what have you done with that greatness? And maybe that's the same way to approach the this, you know, the, you know, someone bought, you know, full on shaman gear and you know and, and says they're a shaman but have never done anything you're like okay cool you look like a shaman what have you done you know who have you who have you learned from you know who is your what is your spirit guides uh, what is a trance you've done what is a ritual you've performed you know and these kind of things yeah shoot and i guess like remembering back um like i mean like i know back whenever i did the uh the like the beast of odin ritual that was the first time i did anything that was kind of shamanic i've never i've never claimed that title or anything like it i just you know kind of kind of like the way that you are I, I like to involve like shamanic practices into my practice just because it it enhances it yeah i mean and i um, think that's perfectly fine and i think it's important to again like have these kind of conversations so we can tell people like you do not have to be a shaman a shaman is a very specific thing it is a spiritual healer a, you know a guide uh, you know, someone that is also sort of a therapist spiritually for people. Uh, and it's it's a job that you will have. And so you don't necessarily, not everyone should be a shaman because it's not for everyone, but mm -hmm. everyone can learn from shamanism. Everyone can look at something like, you know, meditation or trance and see a benefit to it, you know, and just like you did with the Beast of Odin or I do with my rituals is, is trance can actually be a very important component to performing your rituals. Oh yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. And as far as like mentorship specifically, you know, when it comes to like the passing down this information, again, it's just like it's complicated because imagine, OK, let's walk through the steps here. You know, OK, we want to train people to be druids. I'm going to use druids because I feel like that's less controversial a little bit. Uh, but, you know, you want uh, you want to start. OK, we want to have druids again. OK, you know, who is going to be our first druid? You know, and then we have to decide who's going to be the first druid to teach other druids druid things. And so we have to, you know, start thinking about, okay, you know, let's just use Kevin as an example because he's in the Celtic stuff. You know, how is Ke how has Kevin, you know, proven himself to, you know, be a druid? You know, what books has he read? What rituals has he performed? Uh, you know, has he developed a lesson plan for other druids? You know, can he lead people in a druidic ritual? What is a druidic ritual? You know, these kind of things, because that way, you know, because if you just create one out, for, out of thin air, you have to have this stuff to back it up in order to say, no, he is a druid, you know, and we're going to train other druids. 
And at, you know, no matter how we handle that, it's not going to be 100%. And the only thing we can do is like prove that it's worth it. And that's, that's the really complicated thing of, you know, picking up these mentorships is, you know, who has the right to declare themselves a mentor to others, you know? Mm. So it almost sounds like we should, like, we might have should have brought on uh, what's his name? Shul, uh, Soil Shaman because he does that mentorship with, uh, what the heck's that? Oh, uh, he the hearth of hearth I, something. I don't, hearth fire. Might be it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I just, I was just thinking like, Fourth either. Fourth either. Yeah, he'd be yeah. a good one to add on to uh, like the conversation because he actually does kind of mentorship stuff. <laughs> yeah, and that's like you know, and, and by no means this is my a plan. This is just saying like how I would do it if we wanted to do a shamanic thing within the community. I would feel necessary to go to someone like Spirit of Wolf, and be like, hey, you know, can we have you teach somebody? you know, so that we can develop our own shamanic program or something like that. You know, that I think that's the best way to handle it is you need to find something that's already established. And that way you have that backing. Uh, you know, that's why the university system exists. Uh, you know, I could go out there and just be an artist. I could go sell this food painting that's behind me and make a thousand more food paintings. And eventually it's like, hey, I've sold a thousand paintings. I am a painter. You know, I don't need school to say I'm a painter. I've sold a thousand paintings. Or you can go to school and get a degree in painting and say, hey, I'm a painter because I have the education. And so, you know, that's the two ways of going about something like that. I mean, it's like photography. I don't have, I took one photography class in college, you know, but I then started my own photography business and again, faked it till I made it and earned a reputation, took thousands of photos, had dozens of gigs, made thousands of dollars. And so that was my backing. You know, I made, I didn't necessarily have a degree that said, hey, I'm a photographer, but I had the experience to say I'm a photographer. And I feel honestly, I feel the same way about like tattooing and stuff because I don't have been doing it, what, two months? <laughs> I've done it. I tattooed oh, myself tattooed once. Me? Yeah. You were the second person I ever tattooed yeah. <laughs> other than myself. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's a lot different if you were screaming on the rooftops, you know, had an Instagram account saying master tattooer. I'm a master of handpoke tattoo. Yeah. And it's like you've been doing it for two months. No, you were honest. You were like, no, just like, okay, you do my second, ta second tattoo, first one on a different person, you know? And I was yeah. like, okay, you know, I signed up for it. I was cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like looking at it from that aspect, like there's ways that you could, you know, you could go through something like the spirit of wolf or something else out there that's legitimate that I don't have the name of right now. <laughs> right. I'm sure that there are some other ones. We, I just don't know about. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I know Kevin gave me a book uh, from like, uh, uh, the book of Kelterra, I think it is. Uh, it's a shamanic or not a, a druidic order that, you know, does things. And so even if not necessarily, you know, fully signing on, you know, at least seeing what they're about and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's hard. And I think, again, that's why a lot of people are asking this question is because mm -hmm. I think mentorship is actually a very important aspect of pagan practice in the past. We see that with shamanism, even now with the, the surviving traditions is shamanism is taught from shaman to shaman. We saw that mm -hmm. with Druidism. Druidism was taught from Druid to Druid orally. But, you know, what do we do now when we don't have that anymore? Spe Druidism, I think in particular, is really big because like there, there was no more. Druids were gone, 100% gone, destroyed. For hundreds of years, thousands of years, druids were gone. And so there really is no one to pick up the pieces. And so it is really complicated where shamanism is a little bit different because there are surviving shamanic traditions that still exist. But the, the northern, the Nordic, you know, if whatever Nordic shamanism would have been doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. 
And the, the thing I was going to say before is it's like kind of like how we've done everything is that we've we've just had to go in, do as much research as we could. And at the end of the day, just kind of do what feels right and try to piece back together things that, you know, we felt drawn to or uh, felt compelled to do as far as like this, you know, we had a plan for the ritual to be this way. We get there to do it. Oh, it needs to be like this now and do that. And it turns out we have this, you know, crazy experience from it and then build upon that. And, you know, that's kind of how we've been as a, as a community yeah. since we started it. And I would say that it's possible to do that with shamanism as well. I just don't know how long it would take. <laughs> right. <laughs> and totally yeah. Cool. And I, I will 100% my master plan in anything is not to actually become a shaman because I cannot commit to the lifestyle of a shaman uh, because I, I couldn't personally be a healer to others. I, I couldn't do it. I would be too anxious to actually be a shamanic spiritual healer. And so I will never pursue being a shaman myself. But again, I will constantly use sh uh, shamanism, you know, shamanic practice to improve the rituals I perform because I think it's a very powerful ritual tool, uh, the power of trance. Um, but when it comes to like, you know, certain little, little things such as like the turkey feathers I put on my headdress, you know, at some point, you know, it just made sense to me. I was like, oh, I'm, it, this makes sense. It connects me to my spirit guide. I'm going to put turkey feathers on my headdress and then come to find out years later when I interview spirit of wolf that they put feathers on their headdress because shamans are supposed to fly, supposed to fly to the spirit world. And so that is what allows them to fly is the feathers on their headdress. And I'm like, that's wild because that's something I naturally came to the conclusion of, even though I didn't have someone to tell me that's the way to do it. So obviously these traditions exist because people at some point realized that it made sense that, oh, I'm going to put feathers on a headdress because shamans have to fly, you know, through the spirit world and whatnot. And then me as a human being came to that same conclusion, even though I had no contact with these people. And I think that's what makes shamanism very fascinating individually. Yeah. Well, that's, they get, that goes into my whole thing of like, you know, I feel like, I feel like there's times where you're like your ancestors or your blood, it just, it speaks to you at times. Oh yeah. You know? Especially when we get to these deeper spiritual practices, such as shamanism or druidry is you're going to get, you know, the whole point is you're going to get answers from the spirit world. You're going to get answers from mm -hmm. the ancestors, from the spirits, from the gods, and, you know? And so if your ancestors are legitimately talking to you, they're going to show you things. And I I've experienced that in my own journeys into shamanic practices. The ancestors give you advice. I think that, yeah, the main thing, maybe we can leave the, the mentorship idea here is to me, it's all about honesty and trust, you know, and that trust is much easier when you have a teacher that has a long line and history of trust and whatnot. Uh, but that's a really hard thing to pull out of thin air now that, you know, we're trying to find these things again, especially when it comes to things like Druidism, uh, is having that trust. And so you're not getting scammed. And so it's legitimate. Um, and so, and especially when these things are very heavily based on personal experiences, based on personal things that you've seen in trance and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes it so complicated. And one of the reasons we as a community are taking our time. I think you should take it as a good thing that our, the Fellowship of Northern Traditions has not started these programs, that has not started trying to train, you know, do these mentorships, because we're just not ready for it. You know, at, at best, we have, you know, our fellowship training, you know, program when it comes to being a fellowship leader in our community, we do have a mentor. But you know, I don't even want to say that because I, we've already had tons of people email us after the last video saying, hey, I want to be a fellowship leader. But you want us to go grow slow. Trust me, you want us to grow slowly. If we grow too quickly, it will all fall apart. And so we can't accept everyone that wants to be a fellowship leader. And we're taking things one step at a time, very slowly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
And I think that's uh, something that happens to a lot of, of pagan organizations. You know, there's been countless pagan organizations that have come and come for, you know, and they burn bright for a year or two and then they collapse. And it's because they want to grow too quickly or because they're pushed to grow too quickly and start developing these programs. And they just don't have the resources, time or a mental capacity to do it. And so, yeah, that's one of the reasons we are really taking our time. Yeah, just do what feels right when it feels right. Right. And eventually, you know, you'll be a master tattooer and be training the youth on tattooing. Yeah. One day when I'm 80 years old. <laughs> Gosh, I always forget you're younger than me. Like, <laughs> what, about, like, what, two, it just like make sense. It's like, oh, he has kids. Clearly he's older than me. Yeah. Well, like, you're only what, like two years older? How old are you? Again? Older uh, 26. <laughs> you're like, uh, 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 I'm 28. So yeah, it's two years older. Hmm. Yeah. But like, have you had any more dreams or visions of where you want to take your tattooing? Do you want to evolve it? You know, because I know we've talked about you possibly doing like more of like trance based tattoos and things like that. I do. I do want to. And I'm just kind of waiting for the right opportunity to do it. Um, and honestly, like gatherings are my my best place to uh, experiment with things uh, because I don't have I don't have the ability here, especially with the kids running around. Right. right yeah. Now. Hard to enter tattoo trans state with children and climbing on you hard to do anything <laughs> i can't <laughs> meditate or nothing <laughs> um but yeah i really do want to uh i really do want to play around with that hope maybe uh maybe if we get the we end up going back to the uh original gathering house i can do something try you know again i'm, I'm starting to devote tan poke tattoos in my legs so maybe i can be your first guinea pig again at that gathering house and we can try to do something with like a you know just natural based you know trance induced tattoo yeah i'm I'm really curious how it would turn out how the process of because it's for me it's it's trance like like already as a thing and you know especially if i add incense into it if i take some time to like get to a, a mindset for it you know it it can be a trance but I'm just I'm curious as far as like going into a deep transfer like a more shamanic type of deal, uh, how that would how it would last or how it would change whenever I'm sitting here if I'm just doing exactly what feels right or if I'm going to draw it and then try to go and do all. Well, what I was just thinking maybe we guess, if I'm going to be the guinea pig to get stabbed for an eternity of tattoo is like we give you a permanent marker first. Or something like that. And then we're just like, all right, get in your trance state and then just draw what you see. And I look down at it, it's just a bunch of fucking squiggly lines. I'll be like, nah, dog, you ain't doing that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a penis. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I felt fair. (laughs) You don't want the blessings of Frere? (laughs) Heathen. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so maybe that's how we'll go about it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think that, you know, that would be a really powerful thing, uh, you know, because to me, you know, I don't know how it is for you, but personally with like me, when I enter a trance like state, I know it because I start receiving images that I am not creating in my own mind. And it's such a weird thing when you get to that point in a trance, but it's like, I I can tell the difference now of like, you're just lost in your thoughts, almost like a meditation. And then all of a sudden you start receiving those images of like, whoa, that's not something I was thinking about. You know, like last time I started entering a trance state, I saw like a woman with a dog walking down a grassy path. And it's like it was very vivid and all of a sudden sudden I was like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, so I think, you know, with tattooing, that could be a very, very powerful tool is if you can focus it into seeing these images and bringing them to life. Yeah, it's something that I I, I really do want to uh, experiment with, play around with. 
and maybe I'll, maybe I'll even just try it with, um, you know, a pen and some paper and see what happens. Mm, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Before you start putting permanent ink on my body. Yeah, there was, so I've, I don't think I've actually mentioned this on the podcast before, but there was, um, you may like, I think I, maybe I did last week. I don't remember. Um, you remember whenever I did those things with, um, Yule last year, the gifts that were on the clay from Red River Gorge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had the field gifts. So whenever I was doing those, I was like, I just kind of, I didn't really go into a trance with it. I just kind of focused on that person and then just painted what felt like what felt right. And I ended up like, there was some things where I had, uh, I had certain markings on the animals that weren't natural. Yes, I know. No. What does, what does she think about trance induced? You know, tattooing. <laughs> Let's get the scoop. He just wants to see her friend. This what she says. Hello. <laughs> it's not the Don't end of the episode yet. Yeah. Is she a boat? She's buzzing her lips. Come on. Go on. Um, it's it's going to be really weird watching her grow up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but um, there were certain markings that came that, that I, I felt like I needed to put on these on these animals, especially like some of the wolves. They had like these big streaks of like red, or some of them had streaks of silver. Um, that didn't really make uh, they didn't really make symbols or anything like that on them. But it was uh, I don't know, kind of like a stripe in a way, but it it, it twirled it, like it, it kind of like a like a, like a spiral almost, but it wasn't a complete one. And then whenever I gave them to these people, they said that they had that they're you know, Phil or spirit animal had those markings on. And yeah. so I'm, I'm curious as like, as far as like transitioning from that to like tattooing, how it would be. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're on the right track of that for sure. But yeah, again, I think that the pressure of tattooing is a lot different than painting a, a, a clay rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, as far as, uh, did you have anything you wanted to bring up today, Caleb? Um, I kept trying to think of a topic and I, couldn't think of anything good. No, it's I'll right. be honest. No, it's good. We'll just have to end this as a short episode. But again, most importantly, we just wanted to make sure we produce something. And I did have this topic I wanted to talk about because it's been something that has been brought up quite a bit in the community. But, you know, if you want to blame anyone for this episode not being as long as it normally is, it's Ian's fault. Message him and tell him it's all his fault. Um, again, please message him and let him know it's all his fault. Desert uh, Pagan. <laughs> <laughs> desert Pagan. Not Desert Pagan. Desert Pagan. Which, why hasn't he changed his name? He has not know. lived in the desert for over a year. I mean, he should be Lake Pagan or, you know, Lake Snow Pagan. Pagan or something like that. Yeah, Snow Pagan would make a lot more sense. Ugh, beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, thank you for joining us for this short episode. Again, we apologize. Uh, it wasn't as long as possible. We wanted to make sure we get you uh, got you something this week because we will be taking next week off. Uh, but please make sure you're staying tuned to the community. We've got a lot of things working. Uh, we're always talking about new ideas and new projects. So we're really excited to bring them to you. We've got lots of gatherings going on. Uh, the Canada gathering still has space. So if you're listening in from the Canada, we would love to have you, or even northern United States or anywhere in the world, we'd love to have you at Canada. I'd uh, love to see you in Ohio for the Ohio Renaissance Festival. And uh, the Kentucky gathering is full, so sadly it is, it is full. Uh, but with that, thank you all so very much. And have a wonderful week. And until the hall, let's go. Let's go. Let's go.